Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top-shelf equipment and designers for broadcast, concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know that this is your most important event. It is their goal to make you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone back to the podcast. This is another episode of LD at Large. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting. I'm also the columnist for PLSN, LD at Large. I am here today with Kevin Christopher. You might know him as Deuce, production and lighting designer of Deuce Designs. Thank you so much for making time to chat with me today, buddy. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. I know that you are relaxing down in Redondo Beach in your beautiful home. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, we're uh, yeah we're trying to enjoy it as much as we can. Actually, we just moved in here in November, and um, so we're pretty psyched, and we're pretty close to the beach. Unfortunately, we can't really spend a lot of time there right now. Are there still um, people on the beach down there? There are people, lots of people congregating. We have, I'm sure you might have it, a next door app, and there's people screaming on the next door app to stay home and you know shelter in place and all that so um not everybody's adhering to it but you know we're trying to do our best <laughs> oh my god you would think that people would finally get it but no there's still people that want to take this opportunity maybe they want to be tan if they ever have to go for a, a covid test i don't know well yeah maybe well it's just a nice you know i understand it's a nice place to go out and you know um alleviate cabin fever but um I guess they don't have any friends in other parts of the world and heard, you know, firsthand reports of what exactly is happening where they live. So, <laughs> so I would imagine you just go out on the balcony and just kind of look at all the people. Uh, yeah, well, we're not that close. Um, we see uh, people post pictures to that uh, app that I was saying, but um, gotcha. Yeah. Um, no, up here in Canada, we don't have the Nextdoor app. When I lived in Vegas, we we made pretty good use of the Nextdoor or the Neighbors app. But up okay. here, we don't. Right. Up here, we just go and knock on their doors and say, "Hey, what are you doing?" Right. Not that we can do that now. So how how uh, how you been, man? What uh, how did this affect you? Uh, I've been good. It's affected me to the point of um, I did have a temporary gig, like a short. Um, few one-off fly dates to Vegas that got canceled a couple weeks ago. Um, and then I've been working, oh man, since probably the end of December, beginning of January on getting the production design for the Journey 2020 tour ready to go. And the design's been approved and we have a vendor and all that stuff, but it's kind of on the um, let's wait and see. Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely the schedule is still on and, um, so nothing's canceled yet, but we're still, you know, I am op uh, cautiously optimistic 
let's say. Right on. I would imagine that you're similar to me in the fact that we, we each thought that, well, well, my gig's going to be a little bit different. It's far enough away. Nothing, you know, it's not going to touch me. And then one by one, everything that I thought was untouchable just got touched and then kicked and then stomped on. Yeah, totally. It was crazy. I remember following a couple people that were still out and abroad and, and uh, doing shows. And while things started canceling one by one and I was wondering, wow, they're, they're so far away from home. What, you know, what's going to happen to them? And then eventually they're like, well, it's official. We're on our way home. And, you know, the photos from thousands of people in customs at JFK and, and uh, all the other airports that accept those kind of uh, flights. Yeah, crazy. it was it was exactly that. It was just one by one. I thought that uh, you would think that you could be uh, immune, but it just doesn't happen that way. No. So what are you going to be doing with your time off? It sounds like you've got a lot of boxes to unpack. <laughs> um, let's see. So my other um, joy in life, I guess, is uh, cooking. So... Um, I've been spending a lot of time cooking and actually trying to manage the pantry because now in this situation, you know, you're not going to the grocery store every day to get what you need. And you, when you do get, actually get there, you're getting what's available. So, uh, it gives me an opportunity to kind of be creative with the ingredients on hand and, um, well, you know, like make you sure... Sounds like you oh, get sorry. to dig pretty deep into the pantry and find out what you can do with all the all the the stuff that's been in the pantry for three months. Yeah, exactly. You go in there and you go, oh, I, you know. So I was saying to myself that uh, you know I got lots of flour. I got different types of flour. If you know things really start getting to the point where I can't get any loaves of bread, I can make bread, and then I realize I don't have any baker's yeast. So. Uh, that's kind of non-existent in the grocery store right now too. So there's other alternatives that I looked up that you could use, but it's not really the same result. What are you going to use for baker's yeast? Uh, well, there's a couple options like um, obviously baking powder. Um, you can use baking soda and vinegar, equal parts. Um, there's... You can use milk and vinegar. Interesting. All those things should help, but it's not going to give you the same same exact result, same texture, yeast necessarily would. Wow! Sounds like you're uh, you're going to keep everybody fed on the downtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's why they look forward to me coming home because I come home from a tour and I look in the fridge and see what they've been eating. You know, there's like three of the same things. Like, what have you guys been living on while I'm away? <laughs> you put, you're pushing the boxes of macaroni and cheese back to the back. You're like, no, no. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have something new today. I would imagine that comes in handy on the bus as well, your your cooking skills. It does, yeah. We, you know, typically, as I ride on the production bus, so typically I'll end up on the bus first, so I kind of bus mom a little bit to put all the waters away and whatever groceries we might have gotten. And then I kind of help order some of the stuff. And so some nights we'll, if we're going into a day off, we'll lay out 
like a charcuterie and maybe some other things that we might have on hand. And um, if we're on a long, long haul, I might try to get creative. Depends on what we have as far as um, cooking equipment. Occasionally there's a toaster oven or a panini press. So we, we can have some fun with that too. Do you find yourself being more creative out on the road or at home? I mean, obviously you have more tools at home, but I would imagine that leads to more creativity out on the road. Um, I think at home, be, yeah, I mean, you can obviously <laughs> on the road, you, you're really limited sometimes, but uh, also you don't want to make too much of a mess in the galley. So um, try to keep it creative yet simple. So do you usually find yourself eating out or do you find yourself, do you actually have time to cook when you're out on, out on tour? Oh, on tour. Yeah, I find probably I'm eating out for, for dinner at least. You know, I might do something before I roll into a hotel room on a day off where gather some stuff to put together for maybe breakfast or lunch. But then uh, a bunch of us go out for dinner. I think, you know, there's a, I think probably every tour has a foodie clan and I'm in one of the foodie clans on our tour. So. Do you find yourself uh, trying to maintain your own dietary health as well as others, or are you, uh, do you keep it just to yourself? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't try to push anything on anyone as far as eating healthy, and I can't say that I do it all the time myself, um, <laughs> depending on the length of a leg. You know, I think, like, the four-week the four week, uh is the cutoff. If you're on a, if it was a six week leg, you can kind of coast through the last two weeks. Um, recently last year I was on a couple, I was on a tour where the legs were like two and a half months and three months long. And by the end of those legs, it was like, the you know, it didn't matter anymore. It was just trying to get through it. And, uh, I know lots of people do it. It's just seems it's just a long time to be away from home. When you're out with Journey, are you able to make very special requests for the foods that you're looking for? Um, to a certain degree, our production coordinator will ask people what they want for the bus and things like that. And he's pretty good about getting just about anything we want within reason. Um, so, yeah, I could say that if I had a lot of requests, it would be pretty good. But usually the regular the general stock is is pretty good to work from. Um, you know, specifically healthy things might be uh, veggie sticks like carrots and celery and stuff like that with hummus <laughs> to go along with it. You know, that's like a pretty safe. The all um, the forever go to healthy vegetarian -y thing is. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. This is definitely a safe veggie. <laughs> the stereotypical you know, everyday vegetarian vegan meal is carrot sticks, uh, celery <laughs> sticks and some cucumbers and hummus. <laughs> right. That's here's funny because I'm not, you know, I'm not pita. vegan, but right. But I'll definitely go there, you know. No, um, every time I uh I every time I mention veganism people are like, "Oh, you mean carrot sticks, right?" Like, "Oh, <laughs> yes, but also no." <laughs> yes. yes. Occasionally we eat a bean. Yeah, we also eat beans too. Oh, but I like man. um Recently, I've been getting into Beyond Beef. I don't know if you're into that. Yeah, what um, are your thoughts? Uh, I like it. The texture's a little, it's definitely not exactly like meat. Um, no, no. But the flavor is definitely there. You know, um, we have a friend 
Um, so I like it. Yeah, it's a good, definitely an excellent product to if you're trying to, if you if you like meat and you're trying to avoid it or you know do less of it. That's definitely an excellent product. I think. Yeah, I don't think the idea of Beyond Meat was ever to replace beef. But it's just a uh, if you're on the road and you're you're out there looking to try and get that taste and you don't want to eat meat, it's a it's a good substitute. I I don't know. That's there's a fine line there, but it's it's not designed to to be beef. I would I would right. say. Yeah. What what uh, what does what made you decide that you should at least give it a shot? Um, I I mean I guess. These days, you start working with and being friends with more people that are becoming vegan or have been vegan. And so because I enjoy cooking and I enjoy food, you know, I thought it would be something that would be interesting to at least dabble in, to try, you know. Um, Definitely of the um, thought process of trying most anything when it comes to um food so let me give it a shot and if i don't like it then i'll i'll cross it off the list but i definitely <laughs> <laughs> i'm into it um you know i like making a lot of beans too that that uh don't necessarily have meat in them either in lighting and in cooking you're not going to limit your palate to any <laughs> any categories that's right except for when my uh my boss or tal- or uh, audience Tells me to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And how is that working with with Journey? Are they do they limit your palate? Um, there's some colors we'd rather stay in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They know what works and they stick to it. Yeah. Kind of like that. <laughs> right on. It sounds like they take good care of you out there in uh, lighting wise and in food wise. Um, yeah, they do. You know, it, it, they are really good guys to work for. They're uh, approachable, personable. Um, you know, um, I can't say horrible things about them. That's nice. You know, do they are definitely good guys. Do they allow you enough time to hang out with your, your family at home? Yeah, typically, like, uh, so. Typically, I'm sorry. Um, typically, we'd have like a week break between legs. So um, this tour coming up is the schedule is really good, um, but I fear it's going to change a bit. Um, so it was like four weeks on and like a week off, four weeks on, a week off. So that's like to me the the perfect, most ideal tour. Um, in the past, I think we'd probably do more like six, eight weeks with a week off um, and only three legs. So um, maybe a as time to be away. Yeah. Um, maybe as they're continuing, you know, they're thinking about their comfort and desire to be, you know, just grinding away as they start getting a little older. Um, they're probably you know, thinking that it's a it's a lot nicer. We can be do a lot better if we gig for four weeks and take a little chill out time and then go back to it, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And what is your, how big is your family, Deuce? Oh, uh, I have a wife and a 15-year-old daughter. How often are you going to be home these days? It sounds like you're going to, well, clearly you're going to be home indefinitely <laughs> at the moment. Currently I'm home a while, yeah. Yeah. What's the normal? It's usually six weeks away, one week at home? That's typical with Journey. Last year I was out with um, Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators for about uh, over the stretch of nine months. In that time period, like I said, the uh, I had two and a half months with a like a six-week break and then three months. So it was... That was challenging. And we were all over the world. So, you know, trying to connect with home is also a challenge on the time zone and stuff like that. So. Oh, that's especially tough. I would imagine that you having a busy schedule, I would imagine your wife has a busy schedule and your 15-year-old daughter is just coming into a busy schedule. She is super busy and she has quite the social agenda as well. So, um yeah, she's quite active. Yeah, my wife, she works full-time, um, fortunately from home, so she is still working. And the company that she works for, even though they're not necessarily doing some of the stuff that um, she deals with, which is a lot of logistics and actually scheduling people to go places, um, there's other work to be done in the department, things like that. So they're kind of switching gears to keep people uh, working. So we're happy about that. Um, yeah, the poor kid, my poor daughter, Sophia, she is, you know, stuck home from school. So she's FaceTiming every day with her kids. So hopefully our conversation here doesn't drop out. <laughs> Thank God for our Wi-Fi and, uh, and all the technology that we have to stay connected. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yesterday was my wife's birthday and um, all of her family had FaceTimed her. Even our friends from uh, Melbourne, Australia called us. So that was pretty cool. You know, made made a day that <laughs> you know could have been a bummer, big bummer day. Um, turned it into a really cool day for her. So, Well, happy birthday. We're happy about that. Thanks. Uh, when we're not having a worldwide pandemic to... Does Sophia come out to the shows there every once in a while? She does, yeah. So they'll visit, depending on schedule, they'll visit a couple times. And um, she, Sophia used to love it a lot more, even though um, she's into performing and singing and she has a vocal coach. So she's she is into um, music and stuff like that. But I think specifically... Um, now it's almost kind of like it's not novel anymore. You know, she's done it and she'd rather be hanging out with her friends. But, um, you know, of course, I'm happy to see her. And she's happy to see me. But, you know, <laughs> once we get through that, she's like, OK, I'm going to go FaceTime my friends again. <laughs> I would imagine she's, she's seen all the Journey songs that she needs to see. <laughs> she's definitely seen quite a handful of Journey shows, that's for sure. Did she come out to see Slash? Uh, she did. They came up we had a show in San Francisco and um, so um, and that was on like a four day break. So I just flew from Tel Aviv, met them in San Francisco. We had a few days, a little vacation. And then they came to the show at the Warfield there. Nice. At least you got to switch it up a little bit to see a, a new one of daddy's shows. 
Yeah, yeah. So she she really enjoyed that. I think she liked uh, the band themselves. They're a pretty uh, cool band. So um, I think she found that to be fun. And then she got to meet Slash too. So she what? was probably an interesting thing for her, you know. Did, is that something you had to work out or did that just magically happen? It kind of magically happened. Um, I had asked uh, the tour manager for it to be okay if he was around and um, not busy and stuff like that. And um, he happened to have like some interviews and stuff and wasn't necessarily sure it was going to happen that day. Um, but we were down in catering and he just happened to pop out to get some coffee and he saw that I was with this woman and this um, teenage girl. And he was like, is this your wife and kid? And, uh, so they got to meet him. And, uh, yeah. That's so sort of plan, but happened kind of happenstance at the same time. Well, that had to be some long-term dad points there. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, I, if I think if Harry Styles was uh, showed up, <laughs> I, I'd be the ultimate dad, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you'll have to work on that one. That's that's a little different. I don't know if Harry yeah. comes to many of Slash's or Journey shows, but if, if yeah. he's around, I'm sure, I'm sure he would love to meet Sophia. He'd probably get a kick out of her. She's definitely uh, she's definitely interesting, definitely unique. Those are the moments that make it all worth it. Especially bringing when it comes to bringing your family to the shows, it can be a bit stressful. Uh, I would love to say that it's always puppies and rainbows, but. There are times that it's just, it's really tough to, to bring your family out to the shows. We all have the best of intention thinking it's going to be this great, easy moment where they're just going to come to a concert, but it, it very rarely turns out that way. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. There's some days where they show up and, you know, you have it all planned out and it's going to be great. And then there's some fire to put out or a couple fires to put out and you're just like, look, <laughs> you know, and now they're my wife and daughter, Donna and Sophia, they're like um, pretty used to it now and they're, they know what to do and they know how to maneuver backstage. And Donna used to work in the music business anyway, so she's pretty hip, but um, yeah, you're totally like, I can't even deal with anything <laughs> to make you comfortable. You know what to do. I'll see you later, you know? And, um, uh, sometimes I feel bad about that because I want to spend time with them, but I got a job to do. Yeah. If you, if you ever feel like your tour is going too smooth and you have all the time in the world, just invite your family out to the show and you'll realize how little time you actually have to waste during the day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's almost inevitable that the day that you have your family coming is the day that a truss goes out or uh, somebody wants to do a new song or a redesign or something. There's always something that just gets in the way. If it, and if it doesn't happen on your end, it'll definitely happen on their end, either traffic and they'll show up right at doors and they won't be able to get in or you, you got to try and balance if you're going to leave tickets at the will call or if you're going to be the one to meet them at the back at the loading dock. Yeah, I usually I try to set them up with all access passes. Um so for the first visit so then they they're good to go no matter what. Um but yeah, 
always <laughs> like, if you think you're going to be there by this time, leave two hours earlier because I don't want you calling <laughs> me, telling me you're stuck in traffic. Well, um, you know, <laughs> locked to the desk or in the dressing room or something, you know? Yeah. And the, the all access thing, that's something you can do with somebody that you fully trust, like your family. Yeah. But like a new girlfriend or if they're bringing, uh, if your daughter's bringing their friend or something, there's, you can't a hundred percent trust anymore. So you, you got to be there to, to babysit sometimes. Yes. And that yes, makes definitely. it so stressful. Uh, I've had stories where my kids have come when I was in Vegas and my, I have twins and my wife is only one person and you can only, <laughs> you can only do so much. You can't handcuff them. You can't tether them. And inevitably one gets loose and you're like, Oh my God, now I'm getting called on radio. Like, Hey, where's your son <laughs> backstage somewhere? And you just, you just look like, uh, like adult you're like yeah i I, why can't you control your kids well because i'm at work man yeah (laughs) and their kids everything (laughs) yeah Uh, what was the youngest age that sophia was coming out to your shows how old was she gosh i'm gonna say she was like two years old the first time maybe yeah about a year and a half two years old wow yeah Put the earmuffs on her and bring her to. Would that have been Journey then? That would have been Journey, yeah. Wow, you've been with yeah. them a long time. I've been, yes, yeah, since I started with them in two thousand four. So well, it's been a it's been a good gig. I can definitely not complain. That's that's some impressive loyalty there. Yeah. So as yeah. long as Sophia has known you, you've been with Journey. That's correct. Yep. Wow. Yep. She, when I first got the gig, <laughs> my wife, Donna was pregnant. She was like seven and a half months pregnant. And, um, so I first got the gig, I went on the first, the tour. Then, um, we had a break. Um, we had to, we were planning, when in, in my time home, when, when we could, uh, have the birth. So we were actually planning to induce, right? So we had Donna induced maybe a couple days before Thanksgiving, cause that's when this break was over. And so Sophia was born. And then right after that, two days later, shortly after that, Donna came home from the, from the hospital. And then two days after that, I, had to go, I had to leave for um, a rock and roll cruise with Journey, and then we were going to Japan. <laughs> wow. That, that is a familiar story. You you were there for the Sophia's birth. Yep. Plus two days? Yep. And then off to Japan. Yep. And back then, when you were on a cruise ship, there was no FaceTime. There was no calling home from a cruise ship, right? Yeah, no, none. You were completely incommunicado for yeah. what, a week? Uh, yeah, so for one week, and then um, got back to Orlando, and then I guess we left for, I think we did a couple more gigs, and then we left for Japan or something like that. That was a long time ago. But. And uh, an international phone call in 2004 was 
five dollars a minute um yeah i might you know but maybe we were still using calling cards i probably still had a calling card at that time oh my god the typing in the 20 number calling card number then uh, talking to an operator and calling back and just to check on your little bundle of joy that's right and see how my poor wife is doing <laughs> after that she's just given birth she's taking care of a child thankfully we had where we lived was at the time was where her family lived so we had uh, she had some support there which was nice you know yeah it's not like you could uh, live broadcast live broadcast yourself from japan at the time Mm-mm. Mm-mm. you've seen yeah. the whole the whole progression of technology in touring then you've been able to see how difficult it was to tour with the same band i mean you've seen, you've gone from calling cards all the way to master tour on facetime and all that uh yeah well i think you know when i started there was definitely um email obviously um but yeah i don't even think uh, maybe skype was just starting um probably not till like 2005 2006 yeah we were using skype right so um and then you had to hope that you had a a wi-fi connection or an ethernet connection that was good enough you know sometimes in a hotel now you still don't even have that yeah i mean you that's the sort of speed that you can get at a at a coffee shop now for free yeah you'd really have to work to get even uh five five up five down i think that's the minimum you need for for video man uh i would imagine you were having to send faxes back then which thankful to say that i don't even own a fax machine anymore yeah i don't own a fax machine i think yeah probably you know would send some some plots it was probably more like uh 180k plus some movers and fax it on <laughs> over <laughs> when was the last time you had 180k oh uh, i don't know about 180k i think i had 120k a couple times last year they still exist. They're still they out still, there. They still exist. They're definitely still out there. They're as old um, as Sophia, if not more. Oh, yeah. They're probably older. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, oh, man, I, I got to focus all the damn parts today. You still good at that? You can still you can still focus 120K? I still can, you know, I because I have movers in the rig, too. You know, you have the, the luck of some movers, maybe a dozen or so. Um, in a situation like that, I pretty much do like um, zones from upstage to downstage and do just straight focuses with the with the park hands. Um, so though the beams are kind of they're just straight and they break up with the changes in color and then get kind of more of the um, angle beamage from the movers. Does Journey care about that sort of thing? Do they care about movers and colors? And do they care about the when they're doing those little rigs? Do they care about the the aesthetics? Um, I don't think they think of it too hard. Um, I think they wanted to, you know, obviously they wanted to look good and presentable, and they want to look good in in photos and stuff like that. Um, 
but I think I think using the movers to do your you know your back specials and things like that while you have a, a decent wash going um, I think covers all bases in those kind of situations. You've been at this long enough to know to how to use that to its full extent and be able to light the money and still use the the colors to generate the eye candy. Yes, for sure. Yeah. How was touring Japan? Uh, I love touring in Japan. Um, I love touring in Japan up till about three weeks because nothing is built for my size, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So so it's it's fun and it's cool. And, you know, the people, I love the people and the culture and how everyone is respectful and it's clean and you you finish the show and you look around, there's no beer cups all over the floor. And and if there are a couple beer cups, you know, it's it's like it's just an anomaly to me. But um, you know, you go into the ramen shop and you try to sit sit on a little stool, or I try to sit on a little stool in the corner. You know? <laughs> it's like I just don't fit here, man. And uh, <laughs> uh, the softness of the beds is is really tough for me. They don't they don't enjoy a soft bed. Uh, I. Everything I've, I've always run into, the beds are just super hot, super hard in uh, in Japan. I guess they're pretty firm. I, you know what? I don't mind a too firm because um, I have some back issues, so I don't mind it a little firmer. Firmer is better for my lower back, right. um, which uh, forces you know I, I do a bunch of going over to exercises. I do some try to do some exercises for my back and try to work out a little bit just to you know if i skip a few days of working out i notice that my back hurts more so i try to do something it sounds like you have some very fairly healthy on the road routines well i try to in between you know 12 ounce curls (laughs) (laughs) yeah those will get you they get you and then the older you get they really get you so i think there's less of that for me these days and more of the uh, gym curls yeah good for you did that uh did your body make you do that or was that a conscious decision you're like you know what i should i should change up my style um probably a little of both i mean you you know um i think it's typical or i don't know maybe speaking for myself it has been pretty typical to enjoy the some of the party lifestyle that goes along with the business and then um you got as you get older i'm 49 now so putting it in check your body does tell you hey you know you're not 25 anymore you're not 30 anymore you 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 can't hang out with the the 25 year old kids anymore and drink like they do and stay up all night and and think you're going to get through the day you know know, uh, sleep is much more important to me than these days oh i do love sleep than uh hardcore partying one of the trends that i'm finding that makes it harder to to eat healthy is the the food trucks that are coming (laughs) to the and to the parking lots and the loading docks now are you running into that a lot um yes we love to have food trucks um, on Journey, our production coordinator, 
Uh, his name is JT James Taylor, and um, he's awesome, and he loves to uh, hook up food trucks. So there's one in Birmingham, Alabama, that is a, a Bon Me food truck, and it is, as the kids say, it is bomb. And uh, there's a couple other places we'll get some taco trucks and stuff like that. But it's it's actually really cool because it's time for us to gather outside and after the show and typically on the way into a day off. Um, so it's good for crew morale, you know, and we're supporting some local economy without getting bad pizza. So I'm um, yeah. into that, yeah. Those are all very positive. The problem that I have is that uh, it's always the, the greasiest, least <laughs> healthy food that are there because you're like, well, you're in Philly. We're definitely going to bring down the, the cheesesteak food truck. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If you're in Boston, you're definitely going to get the lobster roll food truck with the, as much butter as you can pack into a hoagie. Yeah. Or uh, you're in... Uh, Detroit, you're definitely going to get the slider or the Coney, the Coney, yeah, the Coney dog. Yep. Uh, it, it's very rare that I find myself in California, like, oh, you're in California, you got to have the, the kale salad food to show up. <laughs> I think that you get enough of that in uh, in catering typically. Yeah, the, uh, the complaints I usually see on Facebook, you know. <laughs> do you find that the the fourth meal is the best time for the crew to get together and hang out and uh and uh, be, be a little more connected uh i think it is yes probably you know going into a day off is probably the best time because uh um like i said you know these days i try not to congregate every night off i mean every night after the show outside the bus and that sort of stuff but um i think it is because even on off days a lot of people either they kind of hibernate and or you know you don't necessarily get together with everyone everyone kind of has their core people that they like to hang out with on a regular basis so um outside the bus in the parking lot i think it kind of brings everyone together and you hang out and talk with people you wouldn't normally hang out with and get to know them where you wouldn't necessarily on a day off. Yeah. You can only have so many roadie Fridays, I would imagine. Yeah. A week full of roadie Fridays. will uh, we'll put some pounds on. Yeah. What was it like with slash? Was it the same situation? Uh, well, we were pretty small crew. So we were, everything was local uh, production um so we were a pretty small crew um maybe like nine nine people on the on the production crew gotcha um so we were you know we'd go from town to town and then after the show our production coordinator there um super awesome dude named sam risbridger um he would make sure that we were all hooked up with food that was <laughs> you know there was always food and drink around uh after the day it was always a long hard day so and sometimes catering wasn't all that so you sometimes when you got back to the bus that was really your decent meal um which still isn't great because you go into bed 
uh, you'd have long, hard days. And maybe that was one of the things that would help boost your morale for the next day. You know, the cool thing about that tour was we're all in it together. So it, it's, it was uh, good camaraderie and, at the end of the day, it's fun. And, you know, Slash is on stage for two hours tonight. That's going to be pretty awesome. Is Slash more of a three-in-a-row ro- three sort of band? Uh, they're a two-in-a-row sort of band, seems like. What about Journey? Are they a, a three-in-a-row, two-in-a-row, one, one day-on-day-off? Um, they're two-in-a-row, two-in-a-row, typically with a day-off. Is that usually a bus or is that a fly thing? Uh, that's a bus thing. What is it like having a, a loyal band that's kept you around for so long? How do you keep coming up with new, fresh looks? <laughs> um, I keep asking myself the same thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think to a certain extent, there is a certain formula to it. So to try to get... Um, too, cre- too creative or not creative, but um, trying to reinvent the wheel too much is not absolutely necessary. I think keeping it somewhat fresh um, as best we can with video content, um, which is always a challenge in itself. But for them, I think it's really giving them a good stage presence and allowing their music to speak for itself. I can only imagine that you have to continually reinvent things like Don't Stop and and uh, some of the bigger hits. You just have to completely dig deeper and deeper. Like, how am I going to reinvent the song and what am I going to do to make it the same but different? Yeah, I've, you know, I've kind of tortured myself over that a, a number of times going into a tour and I've come to the realization that I don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel. I, um, I got to make it interesting and, um, give it its beauty. And again, you know, the music is going to really do it. Um, there's a lot of times when I'll get some really cool video content and, then sometimes the feedback is, or even the lights are doing lots of stuff and I'll get feedback that it's a little too distracting. There's a couple kernels of necessary elements that you have to get every single time. You like certain things that make them comfortable. Uh, they know that they're going to be lit at certain times, but beyond that you have uh, pretty much free range, right? Pretty much free range. Yeah. Cool. As long as they're lit, they're happy. As long as they can see their instruments and know where their microphones are. Yeah, pretty much. Um, again, going back to video content, that's always like a, a challenge to get it to be something that they feel comfortable um, with being behind them. And, uh, you know, um, the, the, we don't want it to be like too hokey, quote unquote, Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. I uh, have reached the amount of time that I'm allowed to record. I appreciate you taking the time. Cool, man. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, what are you going to be doing while you're at home now? Are you going to keep to the cooking? Or are you going to take a couple of online courses and try and step up your knowledge? 
Yes, um, both of those. Um, so uh, there's a couple things. So right now, I draw primarily in WYSIWYG, of all things. Um, and the reason for that is kind of where I started. Um, and it's just, to me, really easy to be drawing things and then checking out how it looks. You're just flipping a tab. Um, but I know I need to really improve on my vector work skills. So that's one of my um, goals while I'm hanging out at home. And of course, you know, diving deeper into MA2, diving, you know, and brushing up or, or getting um, familiar with what Grand, M Grand MA3 is going to be like. So those are all on my to-do lists. Right on. Sounds like you've got your work cut out for you. Yeah. What Thanks. about you? What are you, what are you going to be doing? Oh, dude, I'm in such a good place right now. I, I have everybody in the industry at home with nothing but time to kill. I am reaching out to all my friends, all my, all the people I never get to hang out with. I, there's a group, you know, it's a great time for me to build relationships. I, yeah, I've never had an opportunity like this to be able to just carte blanche, reach out to everybody that I know and everybody's answering the phones. Yeah. Right. So, uh, normally I do about one podcast a month and now I'm doing, uh, two to three a day, just reaching out to everybody and everybody's like, yeah, I got time to, time to chat, which is making me really happy. Awesome. Yeah. I, I hate to be an opportunist, but I'm, you know, I'm finding a silver lining here. Yeah, uh, for sure. For sure. Before this, the last time you and I got to hang out was in Chicago for the 10 minutes that I was coming into, into town and you were coming out of town and we had all of, you know, 15 minutes to hang out. That's right. Enough. That's never enough. Well, hopefully we'll be, I'll be back out there and be by you wherever you're, you're in, uh, near Toronto or you're, you're Windsor. near Windsor, right? I'm close. Yeah. I'm closest to Detroit really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll find I'll find the best food trucks in town and we'll we'll meet up there. Cool. Right on. Talk to you soon, Deuce. All right, brother. Thank you. Bye.